Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. It is a blessing to be among the living. God has spared our lives, and it is our great privilege to worship together. We will continue um, in our sermon series in the book of Acts. And so if you would, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We're in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, Does the prophet say this about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began, beginning with this scripture, he taught him the good news about Jesus. And this, as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true and given to us in love. You may be seated. As we continue in our sermon series in this book of Acts, last week we learned that the gospel cannot be bought. Simon saw the power of the Holy Spirit at work through the apostles, 
and thought it could be bought, thought he could buy the Holy Spirit. The gospel is not for sale and it cannot be bought. This week we will learn that the gospel is for all people. The gospel is for all people. So we read in this passage that the eunuch was on his way home. God decided to encounter him. So there were a couple questions that came to my mind when I read this, that he was on his way home. The first question that, I, I, that came to my mind was like, why didn't God just encounter him when he was in Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the place that if you wanted to meet God, that, that was the place to go. It seemed like that if God wanted to encounter this eunuch, Jerusalem would have been the place. Jerusalem was the center of religious power. Jesus himself preached in Jerusalem. Jesus, Jerusalem is a place of Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection. So it just seems like to me that if, if God wanted to encounter him, it would have happened in Jerusalem. But as I think back and as we heard is, as we begin this sermon series in Acts, before Jesus' ascension, he tells his disciples that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The gospel was spreading. We read in Acts chapter 5 that people were gathering or coming in from the towns around Jerusalem. They were bringing those that were sick and those that were afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were being healed. So the gospel was moving. The gospel was at work. And Dave told us last week the gospel was spreading because the church was being persecuted. The church was under attack. But the good news about that is that while the church was being attacked, wherever they were being scattered to, they were not silent. Wherever they were, they were telling everybody what they heard, what they seen, and what they had received. And so now I don't have any as many questions as I had before. I just begin to look and think that once we understand and realize that God is always at work and he's always fulfilling his word, we will understand that the meeting of Philip and this eunuch had to happen. You know why it had to happen? Because God is sovereign. God can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it. He doesn't need our approval. We don't have to, our thinking doesn't have to line up. His thinking doesn't have to line up with ours. He's no, he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's doing, whether we understand, see it or not. I want us to know that God is sovereign and he's always at work. Now, why was this meeting of Philip and the eunuch important? First, it was not a coincidence. If we see this in verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. So this is not a coincidence. God, through an angel, spoke to Philip, sent him to a desert place to meet this eunuch. Now, I need you us to understand also, at the time of this writing, it, it is believed that dark-skinned people from the African kingdom of Cush 
had become known as Ethiopians. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, we will see that Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because he married a Cushite woman. Cushite woman. In other words, the people of Cush were black people. And Moses were married, was married to a black woman. That's good news, y'all. That's good. I'm happy about that. So Moses is married to his black woman. His brother and his sister are mad about it. And they, they speak against Moses because he's married to his, this black woman. And now this black woman for, was from the kingdom of Cush. And the Cush are now known as Ethiopians. And so what's good about this is that God, through an angel, sends Philip to talk to an Ethiopian unit. He sends Philip to talk to this dark-skinned Cush. Amen. I'm happy about that. You should too. So he sends him to talk to, he sends him to talk to this Ethiopian unit. And what we should also know is that during the Bible times, that Ethiopia was seen as the end of the earth. What did God say he was going to send him? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Ethiopia was considered the end of the earth. It was off the beaten path. It was in the desert. The meeting of Philip and the eunuch had to happen because the gospel had to reach the end of the earth. Now, I don't think God's encounter of, the, on his, of this eunuch on his way back to Ethiopia, I, think, I don't just think he was just doing this. He was doing this to show us that he is not just the God of Jerusalem. He is not just the God of the Jews. He is not just the God of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but he is the God of Ethiopia and the Ethiopian people. Let the church say amen. This is the good news of the gospel, that God is a God of all people. He is a God of every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. What we are seeing here is the fulfillment of the gospel reaching the end of the earth. Now, let me say this. Much has been said about religion in Africa. Much has been said about the religious practices of the people in Africa. But please know that the gospel has been in Africa and it's not just getting there. Before the gospel was in Europe, it was in Africa. One of the biggest lies that's ever been told, and many theologians believe it, is, is this, that it was providence that had brought Africans to America as slaves. Since their enslavement would allow them to encounter the gospel message and their eternal souls would be saved. This is simply not the truth. Many Christian leaders continued that practice. George Whitfield, who was instrumental in the Great Awakening in the 18th century, condemned cruelty of slave owners, but campaigned for the legalization in the colony of Georgia. He felt if the slave owners were kind, then slavery would be okay. Jonathan Edwards, he pressed for the evangelization of enslaved, but he himself owned slaves. He believed that the practice could be beneficial as long as the slaves were treated 
humanely. He thought also it's okay to own slaves. Charles Finley, an influential a revivalist preacher and abolitionist barred slaveholders from taking communion in his church. Sounds good, doesn't it? But he opposed the intermingling of races and prohibited black congregants from holding church office. So there, there's always been this problem with, with slavery and racial superior, um, superior, supremacy. So Frederick Douglass said this, that the Christianity of Christ is not what these slave owners did. It's not the Christianity of, uh, Christianity of Christ. But in fact, it is a Christianity that has been distorted by the culture. But I'm so glad that the gospel is for all people. I'm so glad that the gospel that we preach, that preaches that there is no racial superiority, that there is no, there is no power that's, that's given to one set that's not given to the other set. The gospel that we preach, that all, the gospel is for all people and God loves us all. The uncensored gospel is a gospel of liberation and dignity for all, even those who are of African descent. Long before they were kidnapped, the gospel was in Africa. This gospel that is liberating, it does not hold you in bondage. It's a gospel of dignity. Not, not just it makes us feel good. It makes us know that we are connected to God. The gospel is for all people, and the gospel for all people has always been a part of God's original plan. He said from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and listen, and even to the uttermost parts of the world. So let me get back to this unit. This, this unit was not only dark-skinned, not only an Ethiopian, but he was a castrated man. That means that he didn't have the ability to procreate. He was in charge of the king's property. This unit was, it tells us that he was a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopia. So most times the units were castrated. The king would give them power and he would castrate these men because once they were castrated, he didn't have to worry about them bothering with what belonged to him. Y'all follow me? All right. So he, they would be castrated men. Let's look at this. So he is reading. This eunuch was returning. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. He was reading the scripture and it says this, that the spirit directs Philip to do is go to this Ethiopian eunuch as he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. He was reading about the suffering servant. So when he heard the unit, what the unit was reading, he says to this man, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I unless somebody tells me? Now, here is a man that has some power. He don't have all power. He, he's in charge. He's a high court official. But yet he says to Philip, 
How can I unless somebody tells me? So what he is doing is he's saying, I don't understand this. Come in and tell me. Help me to understand this. What I like about this is he does not, Philip does not get in and try to tell him something else. He meets this eunuch exactly where he is. He meets him exactly where he is, and he begins to tell him the good news of the gospel. That is good stuff. He begins to tell him about Jesus Christ. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us now. I I, I just want to be clear. I don't want to move from this eunuch too quick. I need us to understand. I I volunteered for military service. I volunteer for military service. I've volunteered to help clean up. But I don't think that I'm going to volunteer to be a eunuch. All right. I, I volunteer. I volunteer to help you do some stuff around your house. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not volunteering for this. So I, I want us to see that this eunuch was in a position that caused him to give up himself to serve somebody else. I want us to see that the gospel is about giving up our way in order to serve him. So the eunuch understood something. This passage grabbed him. This passage was, was, was something happened as he read this passage. It, it, it bothered him. So listen to what this passage says. It says this. The, I want us to see the eunuch probably did not volunteer to become a eunuch. So this is what it says. It says, like a sheep was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before his shears is solid, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied. If ever there was a case where justice was denied, is when they made that man a eunuch. Are y'all following me? Justice was denied. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. I particularly like the NIV version better. It says he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And it's, in his humiliation, justice was denied. Who can speak of his descendants? Who can speak of his descendants? He can't have any descendants. When he dies, his, when he dies, his name dies with him. When I leave here, I got some namesake that's going to be left here if the natural order things go. I got some namesakes. I got grandchildren that carry my name. This man had nobody to carry his name. He had nobody to go on after him. As a matter of fact, the Bible does not even give his name. It just simply said that he is an Ethiopian eunuch. You know why that's important? Because it could be any of us who have been denied. It could be any of us who've had to yield to somebody else's way. So this eunuch, he understood. He understood what it meant to be a sheep led to slaughter. He understood what it means to be uh, before the shears and solid. He understood what it meant to have justice denied. But y'all, this ain't just about the eunuch. This passage is about Jesus. Jesus 
was far greater than this eunuch. Jesus knew what it meant to be like a sheep to the slaughter. So as, as Philip is teaching him this, he asks Philip the question about whom I ask, does the prophet say this? Is it about himself or someone else? So he says this. He tells him it is about Jesus. And he tells him that Jesus, I got to believe that he tells him that Jesus is the one who submitted to the will of the Father, even to the point of death, even to the death on the cross. It is Jesus who, who gave up his life, who lived and suffered and died for all our sins. But on the third day, the Father rose him up. It's this Jesus that lived, died, lived, suffered, and died for all people. I can only imagine that after hearing that God is a God of all people and that Jesus died for all people and the Father raised him up on the third day, that and through faith in Jesus Christ, for the glory of God, all people can be saved. Salvation is possible through grace, by, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ for the glory of God. That is good news. And then he tells him that if you believe, repent and be baptized. The eunuch hears, Pete, hears Philip's message about the gospel. The eunuch hears and believes. Verse 36 through 38 tells that they continue to go. And he says, here's water. He heard the message. He said, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Now, in most of our Bible translations, verse 37 is missing. If you look, I know somebody going to go ahead and look. Take a moment to look. It's 36, then it goes to 38. There's no 37. But this is what most translators believe it said. If you believe, he says this, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. What he said to him is if you believe. He did not say to him, you need to have the right political views. He did not say to him, you need to have the right cultural and social social views. He didn't say, if you join this church. He said, if you believe with all your heart, and he commanded the chariot to stop. And both, both of them went down in the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. Y'all see how this happens? He hears the good news of the gospel. He, he sees water. He says, hey, hey, what, what's preventing me? There's water right there. Let's make this happen right now. So he goes and he is baptized. I gotta, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking, let's think about this. In a world where, where the scales of justice seem to lean toward the rich and the powerful, the good news of the gospel balances those scales. That's good, y'all. Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. He gives light to those walking in darkness. 
Jesus is our liberator. He liberates those who are stuck in addictions. He delivers those who, who, who suffer with identity crisis. He, he is concerned about the less fortunate, and he wants us to be concerned about all those people who are outside of our circle. You know, we got this circle, and we tend to care only for those, and I'm guilty of that sometimes, just caring about those that are in my circle. But the gospel goes beyond my circle. The gospel goes beyond your circle. The gospel goes to all people. So what happens here is that once he hears the message of God, he is baptized. What is baptism? What is baptism? Y'all, I must tell y'all, I had to do a lot of studying just recently for my um, ordination exams. And according to the Westminster Confession of Faith, baptism is a sacrament of the New Testament, which is ordained by Jesus Christ. Uh, By baptism, a person is admitted to the visible church, and baptism is a sign and seal of the covenant of God's grace in grafting us into Christ. So what that means, y'all, we are being engrafted into Christ. We are being engrafted into the body of Christ, and it is God reclaiming all his people. Isn't that good news, y'all? We are engrafted into his body, and we are being reclaimed for God the Father. We are being reclaimed for God our Father. Listen, as as born-again believers, we must realize that God is a God of all people. The gospel is for all people. Knowing that God is a God of all people and the gospel is for all people, y'all, we ought to love one another. We ought to realize that we are being baptized into the same body. We are being baptized into Christ. That makes us connected with one another. That makes us ought to want to love one another. That makes us ought to want to care for one another. It don't matter what tribe we're from. It don't matter what tongue we have. We are all connected into the body of Christ, and we are brothers and sisters. The gospel is for everyone. As the church was being scattered, they went out and told the world about Jesus. Y'all, if we are engrafted into the body of Christ as brothers and sisters, what you think we ought to do? We ought to go tell the world that the gospel is for all people. The gospel has always been for all people. The gospel is what saves us. The gospel Amen is what unites us. The gospel is what breaks down the walls, the, the barriers. It's the gospel that changes the heart of men and women. It's the gospel that calls us to love those that don't love us back. It's the gospel that calls us to walk upright before God. It is the gospel. Not that we've done anything so good or great, y'all. I, I, want, us to, I want to say this about the eunuch, then I'm done. Now, the eunuch was on the outside. Deuteronomy chapter 23 tells us any castrated man, chapter, chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 1 tells us if a man didn't have working organs, he was not allowed into the place of worship. Mm. Y'all, some of us have been discounted. 
Some of us have been made to feel like we don't deserve. We, we, look, we're not worthy. We don't deserve to being here. But y'all, it is the gospel that tears down anything. It's the gospel. That's why the eunuch was excited about it. The eunuch couldn't worship before. He couldn't go into the place. But he heard that the gospel was for everybody. He said, baptize me right now. He couldn't go into the place of worship. He wasn't allowed to go into the assembly. But he heard that the gospel was for him too. So what I've stopped by to tell you today, the gospel is for you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. The gospel is for you. I don't care who you look like. I don't care about the complexion of your skin. The gospel is for you. Amen. I'm excited about that. I'm happy all by myself. Because the gospel is for me. I'm undeserving, but Jesus died for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The story of the Ethiopian lets us know that God's kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ is for all people. The Jews, the Gentiles, the black, the whites, the rich, the powerful, the not so powerful. <laughs> Listen, the people that we walk by every day in discount, it's for them too. It's the people, it's the people that we say they'll never be anything, it's for them too. Even if you think your family is giving up on you, it's for you too. Because <laughs> that, that same gospel that can change you can change them. The gospel is for all people. And I want you to know God is at work even when it don't seem like he at work. God is at work even when it don't seem like it make any sense. He could have met him in Jerusalem. He could have told him there, but he had to get him to let him know that the gospel is for Ethiopia and the Ethiopian people. The gospel is not just for the Ethiopians. It is for all people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for many of us may feel like this Ethiopian unit. We may feel outcast. We may feel that we are unworthy. We may feel like we're always on the outside looking in. But I'm grateful today that the gospel is a liberator. The gospel gives us full dignity. The gospel lets us know that we don't have to try to find our worth and value in anything else. So, Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you that he lived, suffered, and died. But, God, we are so grateful that you rose him, raised him on the third day with all power in his hands. God, we thank you that this gospel, that this gospel... The one that the eunuch learned about, Jesus Christ, is alive and well today. And he's able to deliver us. He's able to set us free. He's able to change the heart of men. God, we thank you. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for 
listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.